I love coffee. That's always sort of in the forefront of my mind. Do we have enough coffee? And Amy and I are constantly just talking about uh, coffee. We love it. Uh, we talk about it often. We talk about going to bed at night, thinking, man, I can't wait to wake up and have coffee. Um, when we go on vacation, we actually think about where we're going to drink coffee and how we're going to drink coffee. And we, we spend time in, in, in Hume Lake every year on this deck. We just think, man, I can't wait to drink coffee in Hume Lake. Like, we like vacation to drink coffee. Uh, man, you know, Palm Springs or the mountains and, and all these sort of things. It's, it's sort of in the, in the forefront of our, in our conversation when we go anywhere is, is how and what and where we're going to drink coffee. And, and I wouldn't call it an addiction, but that's really what it is. It's an addiction to coffee. Um, but we love the time. We love having that, that morning session and, and hanging out, especially when you have some time to do that, some time off, and you can kind of take your time and enjoy a cup and you're not taking it to go or run around. But one of the challenges we've had with coffee, and there's all these different environments that we've figured out how to do it best, like the camping one, we, we sort of have had some struggles figuring that out. And if you've been at our house, we have a really nice coffee machine. It's a, it's a, it's a you know, espresso maker. You put the beans in, it grinds it per cup, and, and we just do that thing all day. Like we hit the button, coffee, and it's just awesome. So when we're away from that, it can be difficult. It can be a challenge. And we've played with other ideas. We've done French press and like the old vintage sort of Coleman's when you go camping and AeroPress. And, and we do all these, all these different processes trying to figure out the best way to get our coffee going while we're, while we're camping. And for a short season, and this is kind of an interesting like this thought, you know, study of ourselves. Like we actually thought, well, let's just go instant coffee. Like we'll just do the instant coffee camping because it's, it's fast and it's easy and we, you know, we'll wake up and be able to get it, get it going right away. And like, I, I don't know, like instant coffee, you don't really need to have instant coffee camping. You're camping. There's nothing, there's no hurry, right? There's nothing to do when you're camping. You wake up and you work on your coffee and your breakfast. You have no appointments the rest of the day until lunch. Then, cause then you usually start talking about lunch right after breakfast. But like, there's nothing going on. And we're kind of like, why do we have this instant coffee? Like we just killed all this time of making the coffee. Now what are we going to do? We're going to sit here? Like, there's part of the process that's helpful, just dumping a packet in, like, oh, that, that kind of ruined, ruined the moment. But we love that instant stuff, right? In our lives, it's supposed to be helpful. Even in a place like camping where there's no, there's no hurry, there's no way, to, you don't need instant anything. You're not going anywhere. That's it. That's like the most exciting part of your day, maybe, is having the coffee. But we kind of instant and make things try to go faster and quicker and more efficient. Um, and, and, and getting things done in a hurry and rush, and how do, we, how do we save time? How do we make time? I mean, I'm taking a shower, and the shampoo's like two-for-one shampoo, right, because that's faster, especially our guys. Like, oh, yeah, it's shampoo and conditioner in one, two in one. Like, two doesn't actually fit in one. That's why there's a two. Like, it, you're losing something if you're trying to squeeze too much into one thing. But we love doing that. It's sort of culturally, especially in the West, we like to go as quick and as instant as possible. We, don't, we want it fast. We don't want to wait. Um, we, we don't want to take our time. We think we're saving time. We think we're making time. We're creating time. We're going to have all this time. Where does the time go that we're saving? All that time, because it's, is it somewhere? I'd like to get into that. We've all sort of played with our lives this way. I'm going to do this because this will save me some time in the end. Like, what is the end? Where's the end? Can we borrow from the end now? But we sort of store up, and we think of time, especially in a Western mindset, as this commodity that we control, right? We make time, we find time, we create time, we lose time. Like, we control it because we're, we're Western people, and we control everything. And we think it's going to help us out at some point. And the Bible talks about time regularly, 
and challenging the people to think about it, and not in terms of how we tend to live chronologically, but really in a God sense of timing. And there's this, there's this, this scripture that goes like this. We'll read a, a, a passage in a bit as well. This is in Ephesians. Paul says this in Ephesians 5. Look carefully then as you, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. Making the best use of your time. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. And best use of your time could actually also be translated redeem. How do you redeem your time? King James that, translates it that way. It's this Greek word, uh, extra gorazzo, and it, it just means to redeem, to, to make well, to make better, as Jesus redeemed us. How do we redeem time? How do we make the best use of this time? And in the Greek language, which a lot of the New Testament was written, there's two different words for time, and we'd actually see this throughout the Old Testament as we're multiple multiple words. The Greeks had two primary words, chronos, which is where we get chronological, and kairos. And the former returns to sequential time. That's our time, chronological time. It's minutes, it's seconds, it's, it's this passing thing that we can measure. And kairos time talks about moments, opportune moments. It's, it's, it's a time where something's happening that's beyond a second or a minute or an hour where chronos is qualitative, kairos is more quanti- quanti- qualitative. Quantitative is more qualitative. It's something going on that transcends the ticking hand of a clock. And we measure so much of our life really in these times chronologically, in chronos time, and, and what our day looks like. It's 24 hours. How many minutes? How much time do I have for this meeting? What time is, is pickup? What time is my is, is the sleep schedule? And we, we sort of live that way often, and, that, and that's not a bad thing. We, we can't just throw that out. But sometimes as we get sucked into that chronos time, as we look at our agendas in our days, we can lose the kairos in that. We can lose these moments, these transcendent moments. Kairos can be defined this way. I think I have a definition I'll put on screen. Kairos, the perfect, delicate, crucial moment. The fleeting rightness of time and place that creates the opportune atmosphere for action, words, or movement. It's just like you just know when something else is happening besides your daily plan. Author Sarah Arthur says this, In Kairos, we are completely unselfconscious, and yet paradoxically far more real than we could ever be. We're constantly checking our watches for chronological time. There's this sort of transcendent, I'm just present in the moment. This is divine time because God doesn't live in our, in our clocks. He's, he's outside of that. That's not an issue for him. He's not worried about if time is passing or coming and going. Is it flying by? Is he moving through it? He, he's, he's outside of that. And we engage the divine, we're able to engage a little bit of that. And the Bible, when it talks about it, uses kairos specifically, make the most of these moments. It's not just make the most of your days by being as efficient as possible, but there's an awareness to what's happening around you by God's divine movement. And so while chronos sort of sucks up so much of our life in these 24-hour days mindsets, kairos would challenge us to be open our eyes and think, okay, What's happening outside of that? What else is going on? And our schedules are good. We need our schedules, right? We need schedules for, for work and for life and for food and for kids. That's, that's helpful for us. But too much of it can just kill the kairos in our lives. It can kill the, the spontaneity, the movement of God, the spirit. With some, there's a little whisper in your soul that something's happening outside of, of your present reality, outside the present natural. And there's a story in Luke 1038 through 42. Super familiar story. This is really just going to be a big point for the day, but it's Martha and Mary, and it goes like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home, 
opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken from her. So there's this scene, and many of us have heard this story, and we've looked at it, and we know a certain truth about it, but how we live it out is another thing. And the situation is Jesus is traveling through this village, through this town with his disciples. And, this, and these sisters are home. And this is where Martha opened up her home to him. So Martha is aware of this guy traveling. And in this culture, hospitality was a huge thing. If you wandered through a town, people were opening up their home. Hey, do you want to come in and have something to eat? Uh, village life was very communal. It was very family. Uh, no one would be left out on the streets. Uh, meals are very common, like anyone could kind of wander in and eat with other people. That would drive some of us crazy. Some of us would love that. My wife kind of lives that way. Like we sort of live in this open mealtime environment. People are coming and going. And, and that was this New Testament setting. So, so when Jesus walked in with his people, it didn't, it didn't take long. We'll see this through the Gospels. People invite him to eat. They want his attention. And so Martha is like checking this out. Man, I'd love to have that guy over. And she opens up her home. To Jesus, man, come in. Let me take care of you. Let me host you. Let me feed you and, and, and your friends. Let's give you a place to wash up. Let's give you a place to rest. Let's get the dust off your feet. Let me put, put out, start putting out food for you so you can relax. She's hosting well. She's attentive to Jesus going by. And she had this sister who she thought she could count on for help in this. And Jesus comes in. And she's like, okay, we got all this stuff to do. And she just sits down. Like, no, no, don't sit. You're not, don't sit down. We just invited this guy in. Now we have to do all this stuff. And she's almost, she's getting upset in this, in this, in this instant, in this moment. And some of us have been there where we're kind of in that moment of doing all this stuff that, yeah, does it have to be done? It seems like it does. It feels like there's not a choice. We invited them in. Now we have to do all this stuff. Mary's like, ah, I'm kind of just interested in hearing from him. And she even says to Jesus, like, hey, Lord, um, she's not listening to me, but maybe she'll listen to you. Aren't you upset that she's sitting there doing nothing while I'm working? Tell her to help me out. Tell her to help me out. And lots of us, if we can get in these moments of sort of comparison where you feel like you're doing so much more work than somebody else, our spousal relationships are this way. Isn't there a tension there? Don't you feel like that sometimes with your spouse? Like, man, I'm doing so much work with it for more, so much more work than them. They have no idea what I do during the day. And both people think that, right? Both sides think that. And like the wife or the mom is sure they're right. They probably are. But still, we think our days are hard. And you're judging, man, they should be doing more. They should be helping out more. And Jesus just says to Martha, listen, you're, you're worried and upset about all this stuff. You're caught up in, in these other things. And like, yeah, the, it's not even just about the food. You're, you're worried that you're insecure that Mary's not doing anything. And you're worried about your house and how you're going to take care of me. He said, listen, few things are needed. And Mary, in this moment, in this Kairos time, has chosen the better way. And that's where, where it breaks down, because when we get into these days, and again, 
chronos, chronological time schedules, not bad, need those. But if it's at the expense of these divine God moments where something else could be happening in your life, then that's a problem. And Martha's just caught up in the chronos, and Mary's like, man, this something's going on here that's transcending all this stuff we have to do, all this really important stuff. I'm just going to sit here for a second. I'm going to sit here for a second. And we invite Jesus into our personal lives, sort of metaphorically. For those of you who accept Jesus, sometimes there's a tendency, man, I have all this stuff I have to do now. I got I to gotta learn all this stuff. I have to serve in all these ways. I have to go to all these meetings. I have to be at all these Bible studies. Some of us have been there. You've been overdriven in the, in the church and religion. And there's this pressure, this expectation. Maybe it comes from your, your background, your tradition, your parents, uh, a former place of, of worship, because we do not want to be that place. There's all this stuff you have to do now. Like, man, you're forgiven. Grace, freedom. Jesus loves you. Now you have all this stuff you have to do. Right? You have, to, you have to give and serve and volunteer and be at this thing and open up this thing. And No. No. Jesus is like, no, don't, don't get caught up in all that stuff. Just be present with me. Listen to me. Get to know me. I am here. That stuff can get done later. There's time for that. And this is the Kairos moments. And we sometimes think of life because we think in time and, and life really is the same thing. It's not... We look at life like, oh my gosh, what, how's it going? You know, just, just life. And life kind of gets this sort of negative connotation. We've talked about that. And we'll continue out life. You know, I don't know, just life. Life happens. Life's happening to me. Like, life isn't something that happens to us. Life is happening for us. God has granted us life when he breathed breath into Adam and Eve. He's like, all right, buckle up. Here comes life. He's like, man, I'm going to open up your world. I want to give you life so you can be with me. You can be present, hang out in this garden, enjoy. Life is a gift. Life is not a, not a, a curse that is a, a constantly trying to attack us. But we get in that moment like, oh my gosh, life. Man, life is for you. Sometimes the way we live it is a little bit messed up. But life is for you. And some moments that we take and we think of Kairos moments and, and just regular days, like, yeah, like some moments seem more valuable than other moments. There's stuff you just have to do and, and we get it done. You know, you're checking your emails, you have work to do, you have to grind, there's cleaning. There is stuff that we have to do, right, to sort of be effective. But when it crushes us, crushes out that idea of just, you know what, something's going on here I need to be aware of and just be present in this moment. That's a problem and it takes courage to allow that sort of space. It takes courage when you're going through the supermarket and you're busy and you've got to get home and you see someone like, oh, man, I should, I feel like I should probably talk to them. But now I'm going to go down a different aisle. <laughs> you laugh because you've done that. Or you start talking to somebody and you're like, oh, how's it going? And you're hoping they just say, oh, I'm good. But they start and it's like, oh, man, you know. And you're like, oh, no, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to hear whatever's going on. They're like, but man, there's something going on. And yeah, maybe you're going to run over and whatever that allotted time was for you to be wherever. But to be present in that, that Kairos moment. It's going to happen with those of you raising kids because so, there's such a race, especially when you're young kids in the grind, just to get to the end of the day. You wake up you're like, oh my gosh, how much longer is there today with my kids? <laughs> you just want get to get it to be over. And I get it, we've had, we've had kids. 
But my kids are not like that now. Now I want them to stay up. And Amy's like, wants them to go to bed sometimes, but I want them to stay up and play video games. What? No, but we want to be present in sometimes certain, certain moments with them. Because you can get caught up, like, oh, no, it's, man, one more story, one more prayer. Kairos moments with, with your kids, Kairos moments with people out at, at your workplace, your parents, family. Rabbi Abraham Heschel says this. He wrote this great book called The Sabbath. And he said, the goal of time is not to have but to be. And our old mystics, they just get some of this stuff better. I mean, they're just better at time and, and, and meditating and taking it slow. And we are all about owning and, and creating, and it's a commodity. And we just want to have time. Just be there. Just be there. Right? Wherever you are, be all there. That's hard to do for some of us. It's hard for all of us, harder for some. But wherever you are, be all there. And what's next today? Oh, I got this, this, and this. And we wake up sometimes thinking, like, what do, I have, what do I have to do today? Because you look at your checklist. Oh, this is my day. And that's, man, there's, there's an element that, again, that's, that's okay. But what about waking up and saying, man, God, I want to be available to you today. I'm here today. God, I pray you have something for me today. And that can be a scary prayer because, like, whoa, what if he actually shows up during something else I have going on? But when I wake up, and I'm, I, I'm not perfect at this, but I'm trying to just, like, breathe in, like, all right, God, here's your day. I, I, I'm aware of you. I want to be aware of you. I want to be attentive to you. I want to listen to you. In the course of my other stuff, doesn't mean you take the day off and do, do nothing, but be aware, be, be available for interruptions. So wherever you are, be all there. And that story with Martha and Mary, like, man, Mary was all there. And Martha was kind of there. Because she was just caught up with something. Then she was upset with her sister. She was comparing herself. She was trying to get Jesus involved. Pick sides. Didn't go well for her. So we're going to pray. We're going to close out with a song. And we might continue on some of this coming weeks. But I just know, especially as school's starting, and this schedule's just out of hand anymore. A lot of us are like, man, how's it going? Oh, I'm busy. Like, that's like so many of our default, and I'm busy. Busy is a terrible answer. We glorify that in our culture. We actually feel bad if we're not busy. We feel like, oh, man, I, I should be busy. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm busy. That's terrible. Busy is not life. Yeah, we get busy, but, man, if you're defining your life, I'm busy. Are any of us not busy? Would any of us never answer that question saying, oh, yeah, I don't know, I'm pretty chill, I've just been hanging out. No one says that. That would be a great thing to say, and you should be applauded for saying that. You should be rewarded and exalted. I'm busy. <laughs> we don't want to define our lives that way. Busy is, is just giving in to Kronos. I get it. That's there. We have stuff. Our days are full. I understand that. It's going, to be, it's going to be there. But don't let that choke out Kairos. Don't let that choke out any divine intervention in your life. Don't let that choke out taking a few minutes of prayer. We talked about last week just getting away. You know what? I'm going to just push away everything. I'm going to take 30 minutes. I'm just going to check out, drink coffee, and read my Bible, and pray, and think, and 
not worry about Kronos just for a few moments. And we touch a little bit of the divine in that. God, thanks for this morning. Thank you for who you are. Uh, Lord, I pray for those who just, this, this talk might even just give them anxiety. Um, because they just live that way. And that's great. And that is a gift. And we need people like that, Lord. But those who just, who just have such a hard time letting go, I pray you just give them the peace, the freedom. Just to release a little bit of that Kronos time over to you. But Lord, we pray for more Kairos moments. We pray that we would be people who are attentive to you, that we have those moments here, that we have those moments at work, we have them at home with our families, on the street, in the grocery store, at the bar, at the coffee shop, Lord, that you would intervene in our lives, that we would listen. And then we talk about how our week was. We'd be like, man, the coolest thing happened. I was just at this thing and this person was talking to me and God showed up. Lord, we want more of that in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. That website address again is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and yours.